Welcome to the Raymond Tamaklo podcast. You are about to listen to a message from the Sunday Cruise service as preached by the senior pastor and founder of Love Springs International Church, Nairobi, Kenya. Reverend Raymond Tamaklo is a missionary to the nation of Kenya. He is an author and a church planter. Reverend Raymond Tamaklo has a passion of raising pastors and shepherds who delight in the work of God. He has dedicated fairly all his life to the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ, doing exactly this. He believes in ensuring that the word of God is preached to all because each and every soul is precious and important to God. This podcast will reignite your love for God and His work and will work out times of refreshing in your life. Now, get ready to be blessed as you listen to the soul-saving Word of God expertly handled by Rev. Raymond Tamaklo of the Love Springs International Church Headquarters, Nairobi. Be transformed as you listen. Lord bless you. Let us pray. Father, we thank you this morning, even as we gathered in your presence, we ask that your power will overshadow this house. You will visit us with wisdom. You will visit us with counsel. You grant us divine nourishment that as we have appeared before you in Zion, each one of us will grow from strength to strength and shall be empowered in our inner man. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that you have prepared that which you will feed us with. We give you praise. We give you glory. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Please do have your seats. God bless you. Welcome to our labor to be blessed service. Um, I've not been away on a whims, uh, a whimsical excuse, but I had to be back quickly again. Um, my, I had an injury here. I'm not a boxer like James. I wish I was. So, that's that. Some of you, if I don't show up one, two Sundays, you also disappear. You know? It's a very funny church and it's not supposed to be like that. I, I have, listen, Manze, I have every right to take a rest. Do you understand? If I die, some of you will be happy. 
<laughs> yeah, some of you will be happy finally. Aish, amekufa. Asante sana Mungu. Amen. But duty calls. Amen. All right. Um if you're still in this church after today's teaching, then you are called to be here. But if you are no more after this message, then you know you are not called to be here anyway. Do you understand? Today, I'm going to be strongly evangelistic. Yes. I'm going to be very evangelistic. It will be torturous for some of you. It will be annoying to some of you. But the truth is one. Amen. Amen. So today I'm going to teach on my son. And uh, I come seeking fruit from my son. So my son is under I come seeking fruit from my son. Does it make sense? I think it does. Amen. Good. Go with me to the book of Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4. I think it will do us good to take it from the top. Though where I'm going is verse 19. But let's take it from the top. Can you give me the NLT straight out? Amen. Should I look for my own NLT? All right. Think of it this way. If a father dies and leaves an inheritance for his young children, those children are not much better off than slaves until they grow up. <laughs> Let us sink in for a minute. There are many of us seated here who are looking for what belongs to children. But in reality, we are no better than slaves. And the reason we are no better than slaves is because we have not grown up. I'm not trying to be guy guy. There's a reason my hand is in my pocket. You say, oh, today he came and he taught us with his hand in his pocket, grow up. <laughs> Do you understand? <laughs> There's a reason my hand is in my pocket. Think of it this way. If a father dies and leaves an inheritance for his young children. 
So, how old are you? Stop being proud. Come. You're 15. As short as you are. Jeremy, how old are you? Come, come, come. Ah, Fortune, come. Good. So, stay on my left. Stay, how old are you? (laughs) 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 These are my children. I gave birth to them. This is my first daughter. This is my second son. And this is my, no, this is my second son. Don't mind the engine. <laughs> no, don't mind the body. Mind the engine. So this, so you, this, so this is my second son and this is my third child, right? I'm a very rich man. I have Rolls Royce. I don't need you to say amen. My bank account has millions. I have foreign bank accounts. Unfortunately, I'm dead. And I have bequeathed everything I own to these children. So this is my first daughter. She's 15. He's 11. He's 10. Don't mind the body. So he's my first, I mean, if we're not even counting girls, and we're counting my first son, he's 11. Do you understand? Pay attention to what I'm teaching you. Because some of you sit in this church and you think that if you are not in this church, you are better off. But you don't know something that you should know. And I'm going to draw your mind to something. I'm very rich and I'm dead. These children, whether you like it or not, are millionaires. By reason of me being their father, there is nobody in my family that is going to allow this boy to control an account that has millions of shillings. Not him, not her. So my sisters, these are my sisters. So my sisters come here. So these are my sisters. This is my younger sister and my elder sister. Do you understand? So I'm their brother and I'm dead. Pay attention to what Paul is saying to you and I. If a father dies and leaves an inheritance for his young children, those children are not much better 
than of than slaves until they grow up. So my younger sister, no, my elder sister, come this way. Younger sister, stand there. So my elder sister is in custody of all my accounts, all my lands, all my cars, all my possessions. She's in charge of it. These children, the Bible says, they are not better off than slaves. So, my elder sister looked at this girl and says, in about three years' time, she will become an adult and she will take charge of what my brother left. So they had a meeting, two sisters, and don't joke with women and their meetings. <laughs> so she sent this young girl, I'm not there, to go and work in one of my farms in Kitale. So she goes off and she's working at a farm in Kitale. She's, she's the, the daughter of the owner of the farm. But she's digging the ground with everybody else. My elder sister sent her. I'm not there. Whilst I was alive, she was at home eating sandwiches and hamburgers. She was eating sausages. Now, I'm no more and I've left a huge estate. But something is stopping these children from assessing everything I labored for and left for them. One thing, growth. What stands between him? Hey, sorry. You could say even his English has become bad. What stands between her and the car that used to be my favorite car is growth. What stands between him and the Rolls Royce he admires, which belongs to him but he can never have, is growth. What stands between him and taking over the is it 60 inch TV and saying is my TV is growth. Who is in charge of all that I've left? The grown-ups. So the reason Jesus died, and according to Paul that we know that though he was rich, yet he became poor, that we through his poverty might become rich. So our father, Jesus, who died for us, has left us great inheritances. You want to know why you're not assessing it? 
growth. And the ones that have the control of the assets now determine whether this young lady will live like a princess or this young man will live like a prince. What stops these young people, they can never take a pen and sign a check on any account. Growth. So, back to my scripture, Galatians 4. These children can be sent anywhere to work. So, in their state of not grown and not growing, they are no different than any slave that works or worked for me or now works for their auntie who is in charge of the possessions. Are you listening to me? I'm going somewhere with what I'm teaching you. No pastor is your problem. Your lack of growth is your problem. And everything that God wants you to have access to, you will only have access to it when you are fully grown. So, think of it this way. If a father dies and leaves an inheritance for his young children, those children are not much better off than slaves until they grow up, even though they actually own everything their father had. True or not true? I mean, let this small girl try, talk to the auntie, give me my father's car key. I want to go to, uh, one slap will reduce her. Even though she owns the car. As we speak, the persons I've left in charge can tell these young children of mine, You're sleeping at 3 p.m. They are no different than slaves. And the only reason is because they have not yet grown up. I want that to sink into your mind. Because the things you want, the things you desire, The things that is going to cause you to even walk out of Christ are only accessible by growth. If you're not grown, forget it. Even though you own everything, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. If his children are not having access to it, it's because we are refusing to grow. So these are rich pekins, but they are no different than slaves. And I'm going to show you what slaves do. So, 
My sisters are enjoying. She just came back from Switzerland. She's on her way for her yearly holiday. So this one has returned to check the slaves and to make sure the slaves are behaving. Do you understand? Who is enjoying? The children or the grown-ups? The grown-ups. She knows how to go to the bank and talk to the bank manager and withdraw $50,000. This one has no idea what 50, no, that's my first son, this one. (laughs) Don't mind the body. He can't go and withdraw $50,000. Nobody in their right sense will give him $50,000 even though every amount of money in that account belongs to him. So there is so much that belongs to me, that belongs to you in Christ Jesus and you don't need a prophet to assess it. You need growth to assess it. And those that have grown up have received the power of attorney and they are assessing it. She can buy a new car tomorrow by calling the car people. Say, bring me one new model. In fact, I've heard that the 2024 model is out. Is he already in Kenya? She'll be told. It's on the way. He says, the moment in lands, deliver it to my compound. She has access. Why? Growth. Are you listening to me? Good. Elder sisters, you can see it. These are children, but they are no different than slaves. Imagine this young man was complaining to the brother that he hasn't eaten since morning. But he has millions. Are you following? Good. Verse 2. Today, me and you, we are preaching. They have to obey their guardians. These are the guardians. Until they reach whatever age their father set. So I set the age of 26 that when my daughter reaches 26 because she must have graduated from university uh so at least they put something in her head isn't it are you following the teacher or is boring I've set an age then I've told the guardians when my daughter reaches the age of 26 or on her 26th birthday, release my oil company to her care. And then I set the age of what issue I set for you? No, by 24, a, a, a young man is not fully developed. Yeah, a girl, girls are more responsible, younger than men are. This one, he's still misbehaving. So, when my son reaches 30 years, 
release my shoe factory to his management. At least he would have gotten a wife. Some sense has come. You get a point now. <laughs> and then when he also reaches maybe 28, eh, release my, all my cars should go to it. At that time, the cars are very old. They don't, but the father sets the age when this young lady will reach for certain things to change in their lives. So they have to obey from this point until that age, they have to obey whatever their guardians say until they reach. The age I have said. Verse 3. And that's the way it was with us. Before Christ came. We were like children. We were slaves to the basic spiritual principles of this world. Follow this. Verse 4. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. Verse 5. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law. So that he could adopt us as his very own children. Now watch this. What do you think will happen when my elder sister takes these children like her own children. Will she send her to work in the maize farm in Kitale? No. Flow with this. Verse 6. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out Abba Father. So the reason we can call God our Father is because of the Holy Spirit that has been sent into our hearts. Otherwise, none of us could call God Father. Abraham didn't know God as Father. Jacob didn't know God as father. Isaac didn't know God as father. They knew God by the diverse manifestations. He, for, for example, to Abraham, God was his Lord. We can call him father because of the Holy Spirit. Are you listening to me? So that is how come we cry out, Abba, Father, verse 7. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. So now they are no longer slaves. They are God's own child. 
And since you are his child, follow the guardian principle. The guardian. So they are now calling the person I've left in charge, my father, my mother, right? So since you are his child, God has made you his her. Verse 8. Before you Gentiles knew God. So now Paul is shifting to remind us of something. Some of you that sit in this church, you have forgotten certain things. And I think you need a reminder of certain things. So Paul is switching now and he's saying, before you Gentiles knew God, children, you can sit now. You receive millions in your account. God bless you. You were slaves to so-called gods that do not even exist. Are you here? Verse 9. So now that you know God, or should I say, now that God knows you. (laughs) Paul was a theologian, so his words are very carefully chosen. Do you get it? Because we can't even say that you know God. It's about to get hot. We can't even, it's it's safer to say that now that God knows me, it's safer to say that now that God knows you, Because even you who say you know God. hmm, hmm. I said even you who say that you know God. So that's why he's careful. And he says, or should I say now that God knows you. Then he says, why do you want to go back again? And become slaves once more to the weak and useless spiritual principles of this world. So he's asking a question. I thought that you are grown right about now. But here you are being subjected again to the useless weak. He, he describes it as weak and useless spiritual principles of this world. So he's not talking about the principles of God or the principles of scripture. He's talking about the principles of this world. Many of you, you claim you are saved, you're born again. But reality is you serve the weak and the useless spiritual principles of this world. Not the principles of the word of God of the world many of you seated here you obey Pharaoh more than you obey God your life isn't about God in so many ways So he's asking them, he's saying this to them so that they know that instead of moving forward, you have withdrawn. You have gone back to things that are basic. You've gone back to weak, beggarly 
principles of this world. Amen? Let's go on. You are trying to earn favor with God by observing certain days. People wonder, I'm, I'm not enthused about, listen, I'm not, you can, you can stay in this church and those that have stayed in this church, you, you know that I'm not enthused about days. Christmas. That they even put Christmas tree here. Like, a lot of times, I'm, I'm, wait, oh, how did you know Jesus was born on the 25th of December? Such that if I don't celebrate Christmas, I'm going to hell. Left to me alone, December will come and go and December is no different from June. You see now, yourself is coming. Do, Do you understand? Yeah. If you don't make a show of, oh, at least let's, that, so when they are worrying me, I say at least, okay, just go and put the, that, the pastors will tell you that I have no interest in, oh, it's Christmas. You know, let's organize Christmas. What is Christmas? I've read the Bible. I don't see Christmas. If you find it, let me know. I've read the Bible. And I've not seen Christmas. So, there are Christians that are obsessed with days or months or seasons or years. That's why some of you, if somebody doesn't wish you a happy birthday, you are depressed. Do you understand? You're depressed. You're obsessed with days. You're obsessed with years. Hmm. And a truly saved Christian should have no such obsessions. I think one of the most depressing days for me is my birthday. I mean, what's your excitement about? Have you accomplished anything? No, you have been in this church for, you've been in this church for how many years? Have you seen me saying that we're celebrating the 14th anniversary of this church? What, what am I going to celebrate? I look at my church. I should be ashamed of myself. I'm going to celebrate all 14 years. 14, 14th anniversary. And then people who destroyed the church will be eating cake. I have nothing and have never. Listen, people celebrate. You always see 15th uh, 10th anniversary, our whatever, you never find me wanting to celebrate because there's nothing to celebrate. 
If there is anything worth celebrating, is what we have done. That we have won how many souls? Are you listening to me? Yeah? So those of you who are obsessed with observing, we're talking about observing certain days. I'm not saying don't celebrate your birthday. Those of you looking at me like I'm an enemy of progress. Understand what I'm teaching and don't, you know, one pastor went and said something about people who go for, you know, um, photo shoot on their birthday and he's been roasted. But understand the spirit of the message. Are you listening to me? There are people who are obsessed. Listen, there's nothing like in Christianity where we observe the moon to mark a certain day to celebrate a certain day. But there is a very big religion that have to observe the moon. Are you following? So the new creation in God has no time for observing. Are you aware that we can choose as a church not to come here on Sunday? And our, our day of service is Thursday. Sunday, we are not coming here. Oh, we are going to hell. You see, you are obsessed with observing days. If we decide that the day we want to meet to serve God, if we decide as a church, it's Friday. Friday morning. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. Because again, if you say there is, I can take you to the book of Colossians. Since I'm there now, we might as well handle it. Because not all men have faith. Some of you are like, oh, he has changed the, the doctrine. Hmm? Isn't it? So I'm going to take you to... Um, Colossians chapter 2. <laughs> Let's start from verse 6. Colossians 2 6. Because Benson is a lawyer, he's not agreeing with me. At all, at all. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk ye in him. Move, quick. I have a lot to do today. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. This is the essence of our faith. That you will be rooted and built up in Christ. This is what this church is about. This church is not about um, gimmicks. That when you come here, after a while, we should see you rooted and built up in him. We should see you established in the faith. 
as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Verse 8. Beware. Tell your neighbor, beware. Least any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit and after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world. Can you see that this is so similar to what we are reading in Galatians? Because the same writer is writing to a different church, but the spirit is expressly speaking the same thing, that you should not be deceived. Don't go after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. Verse 9. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Verse 10. And ye are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power. Verse 11. And in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. That is regeneration. The circumcision made without hands is regeneration. When God reached out his hand into your heart and circumcised your heart to receive the Lord Jesus Christ, you didn't play a part in it. If you, you have ever had your bolo bolo Cut off the foreskin, not cut off the foreskin. <laughs> uh, that's not a good sight. The first, the foreskin. Now, if 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 you are in a culture like in our culture, they don't wait for um, any ceremony. You're born today. By the time you are eight days old. It must go. Do you understand? It must go. So by the time, in fact, maximum two weeks, 14 days, it must go. Because the first king represents something spiritually. Do you understand? So we don't wait for how old do they turn around here before they go doing that thing? 14. We don't, we don't have 14 years for you to be carrying excess flesh around. Follow what I'm saying. T- a lot of things are more spiritual than you think. That is why the moment, and you see it from these young men, the moment they are circumcised now they are 14 years you say then now is when they are circumcised you see them trying to portray a certain masochism you know like they are now machos like they are men they even look down on their mothers and talk back to their mothers because some excess flesh has been removed A lot of the things they go and tell them there is rubbish. Do do you understand? Yeah, a lot of the things they go sit under the tree and tell them is, is, is rubbish. 
Uh, understand this. So, it represents something. Do you understand? So, when they are born, at least, I'm talking of where I come from, is removed. First eight days. Yeah, maximum. Maybe you are busy, 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 busy. Two weeks. Is removed. Now, you see, that process is painful. That process is painful. Yes. And that's what true salvation is. There are things now you cannot enjoy. I'm talking, you see, it is only your salvation that you said you were saved and you went back to your girlfriend. You lost nothing when you got saved. You, you got saved here and went straight back. There are true salvation. You got saved here today. A girl's heart is about to be broken because you and I are no longer on the same page. You are the only one who got saved and continued in your ungodly relationship. No flesh was cut off from you. It's hot now. That is what it is. Circumcision. So he does it without hands. That, you see, you, you, didn't, you don't, call. imagine my eight-year-old um, son telling the guy removing the flesh, oh, please cut it here. No, no, leave this one. I like it a bit. Can you see how you contributed nothing to your salvation if truly you are saved? You contributed nothing. Those of you contributing stuffs to your salvation, I'm sorry. Truth is, you are not yet saved. That is why you sit in church and you cannot be told what a real believer should do and should not do. Because you are trying hard to contribute to cut it here. No, I like the way this one is falling down. Leave it there, Kidogo. Nobody contributes to the cutting. I'm, are you following me? Like what should be cut off, you don't ask what should be cut off or left behind. That is why true salvation is what God rots in a man. Is what God does in a man. And when he's done it truly, you see that he is It's not that, we, I mean, we just close the service, you got, you got saved. Then Mandela comes to me and says, Apostle, um, so now what do I do with my, my baby mama? He's not even going to ask me. Instantly, he knows what to do because something has been I'm talking of those of you who knows what is right but cannot do it. Instantly, he knows what to do. I'm not going to be the one to tell him what to do. That's why your salvation is you are the only one who has enjoyed salvation. Manze. Yeah, it's not painful. What have you lost? What has it costed you? Nothing. 
you have the same old friends. Oh, so salvation means I shouldn't have friends. Salvation means separation. You are the only one who went back after getting saved. And you still went to Kajiado to sit under a tree with the same old friends and they passed you the stick and you smoked it. What has it costed you? Nothing. Are you here? In putting off, so the circumcision, what does it do? It is in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh. By the circumcision of Christ. So in case you think I was talking about you, I'm talking about Christ's circumcision. Eh? Are you here? He removes some things from your life. And the removal is painful. That's why some of you, we can't force you to be saved. It's as though it's better. Because if you're losing something, some of you, you make the pastor like an enemy when you start losing something. When real salvation is knocking, it comes with a price. It comes with certain removals. When we sing the song, Great day since I met God. Great change since I met God. Great change since I met God. There's a great change since I. Can you say that truly? The things I used to do, I do them no more. You went back to the beer. The things I used to do, I do them. No more the things I used to do, I do them no more. There's a great change since I met God. The friends I used to have, I have them. Your boyfriend stayed. The friends I used to. I have them no more. The friends I used to have, I have them no more. There's a great change since I met God. So meeting God brings a great change. You see, that's the beginning. Then now let's talk about those who have stayed in the church for so long that they lost the great change. (laughs) We have jumped now from the beginning to they have they've hung around for so long that they've lost the great change. They can't 
today talk about great change because now they have gone back to factory settings. Are you following the scriptures? It's still talking about fruit from my son. Yes. But you have to establish the issue of sonship. Verse 12. So don't forget I'm on the fact that we can choose not to come here on Sunday. That's what brought us here. Yes. And we wouldn't be offending the Pope. If we so choose. Did you, do you understand? Yeah. Wouldn't be offending the Pope if we so choose. Buried with him in baptism. That's why when people get saved, they, the next step is baptism. Wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who had raised him from the dead. So the baptism is showing you a certain operation that God rots in us as Christians or as believers. Verse 13. And you've been dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Verse 14. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross, to his cross. And then he says, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Let no man therefore, uh-huh, let no man therefore judge you in meat or drink. Those of you who say, I'm born again. Oh, but I don't eat pork. <laughs> oh, I'm saying, but I don't eat snake meat. The devil is in the snake. <laughs> huh? I don't, I'm born again, I don't eat snail meat. Those of you who claim you are saved, but you have like choices. I don't eat chicken, I have, you know, it's spiritual why I don't eat chicken. I'm not talking about Benson. Let no man judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of an holy day. In respect of what? An holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath day. Let no man judge you. So we can choose not to come to church on Sunday. Our church only meets Thursday morning. You see, you, you're finding it hard to break out of religiosity. Huh? Right now, that's what you are battling with, many of you. Because ever since you were born, you go to church on Sunday. Pastor is now saying that we can choose not to go to. Bring this in the NLT. 
We can choose not to go to church on Sunday and we are not sinning. Yes, if this church decides that we will meet our Sabbath day is Thursday morning. That's it. Sunday morning, you can eat chapati from morning till about 12 noon. And you are not going to hell. Are you listening to me? So don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink or for not celebrating certain holy days. There are holy days. If you don't celebrate it, no man should condemn you or new moon ceremonies or Sabbaths. I'm not teaching a new doctrine. I'm just saying, you see, the spirit of religion says, Sunday it has been, Sunday it must be. I, I know, yeah, somebody is saying that, yeah, this man is intending to change the Sunday. <laughs> That's why the guy who goes to church on Saturday and calls himself uh, uh, Sabbath what? But there's, there's a name for Esabato, what? Esabato. Esabato. That guy, I have no judgment or condemnation for him. And neither should he have judgment against me because I prefer Sunday. They brought my auntie. My auntie, those of you like following weird prophets. My father's sister, I'm talking of my auntie, father's sister, very educated. She became a professional nurse way before I was even born. Studied outside Ghana, became a professional nurse, returned to Ghana, and by mistake, he was posted to a certain city called Kumasi in Ghana. And there she fell into a religion. And that religion messed up my auntie up till today. They prefer, they believe that they must go to church on Saturday. They must sometimes wear sackcloth. Gunia. Unadroa gunia. And then on Saturdays they don't eat. They stare into the sun. They stare into the sun. I'm talking about an educated professional woman, but subjected to religion until she lost her mind. Some of you, the things you are looking for, you'll find it. If you don't find it in Shakahola, if you don't find it in Shakahola, another will spring up. You'll find it there. You see, you have escaped Shakahola, but you have not br- brought yourself out of religion. You're still chasing weird things. You don't, if you don't find it in a, some people never found it in the forest, but they'll find it in the sea. Religion. She, so one day, she, um, so being I got to know her, you know, my auntie's much later. And I remember one day she, and then she still kept on to that. You won't change her mind. 
And then she can go like this Shakaola guys. They, she can go on hunger strike. She calls it fasting. But she will not eat for, for days. So she was having one of those episodes. And my uncle called me up and said, I'm bringing your auntie to the hospital. She had refused to eat. And they couldn't force her. They can't do anything. And I said, okay, bring her to my house. And they brought my auntie to my house. I think she's older than my father. Yeah, she should be older than my father. So she came. And then I decided to engage her in the scriptures. Because she knew I'm a pastor. I was, I was about 20-something years old before I came to Kenya. I'm talking of before I came to Kenya. So here's my auntie. And then she started asking me questions. Why do you go to church on Sunday? She had opened the window. Because my uncle has come and dumped her in my house now. And I was also determined to use my small scriptures I know to show her the years of foolishness. She had not eaten for days. She, she, she was skinny. Do you know skinny? So, I had, I had then written a book. So, I gave her a copy of my book. And she was reading it. That was all she was doing. So, she called me to her room to ask me a question. I said, I, in my heart, I said, thank the Lord. I, I went straight to Galatians. Then I ran straight to Colossians. And I said, don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink or for not celebrating certain holidays or new ceremonies or Sabbath, verse 17. Who's that? For these rules are only shadows of the reality yet to come. And Christ himself is that reality. So I began to teach my auntie. When I finished, she asked my wife to prepare her light soup. Yes. And immediately I called my uncle. I saw aunt, my aunt has eaten, um, drunk light soup. He said, what do you mean? I said, yeah, we had a talk. We had a talk because the only thing that you see, religion, Jesus Christ has nothing to do with religion. Jesus Christ has everything to do with faith. Not religion. Some of you, if I were a soap manufacturer, a prophet that manufactures soaps, you say he's anointed, he's, he's powerful. If I manufacture soap now, I'll become a millionaire. Soap that when you sin, you can wash away your sins. Are you listening to me at all? Yes. If I were manufacturing and selling oil, some of you will be happy in this church. But now I'm saying that there is a better and a superior way. You look at me like, he's dry. 
Meanwhile, you prefer shadows. Is it now you are getting offended? There are people who sit here and won't give offering. But on satellite TV, when they see a man of God blow air, and he says, send empesa, they send empesses. Yet you said, this is my church. This is not your church. Where your heart is, there your treasure will also be. You, you prefer the wind-blowing, oil-selling prophets. That's the truth. Hey, what do you do when you show up is show, show, show. Yeah. Show, show, show. Some of you, you can't wait for me to close for you to go and watch your favorite pastor Sunday afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> and send 50 bob. <laughs> yeah, send 50 bob. You receive 10,000. Yeah. Yes. Religion blinds you. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You see, I'm only saying this not because I have any intent, but I'm telling you, even if we decide to change from oh, we we worship on Thursday morning, no problem. Yes, and it's in the scriptures. What does 18 says? Don't let anyone condemn you by insisting on pious self-denial or the worship of angels. Some of you have angel prophets saying they have had visions about these things. The lawyers are jam. So if you are not a vision seeing prophet, mercy on you, mercy on your church. Because the moment a wild vision seeing prophet shows up, you see that you don't have church members. You are not rooted in Christ. That is the simple truth. Listen, if you think I'm saying this because I don't have a gift, you are a joker. Some of you, the people you are running to are not a quarter as gifted as the man that stands and preaches to you Sunday after Sunday. That's the truth. And I'm not bragging about anything. I know what it takes to turn a common water into a healing water. Prayer. I know what it takes. If you are sick in your house and you called me on the phone and I can't come to you, how do I get you? If I tell you, take a glass of water, how do you pray for ordinary water to become an anointed token? It's prayer. 
What am I doing when I tell you, learn to pray, come and pray? It's because I am putting you in the place where you don't have to chase the shadows. You are walking in the reality. To teach someone this, you think someone is sounding very braggadocious. I'm not sounding, I don't even want to sound braggadocious, but that's the truth. That's why in this church, I, I, I hey, listen, I'm not, I will not impress you. Yes. If you tell me two plus two equals to 60 and say, yeah. That I have to, after, listen, you know how you came to this church. You know. Look at you now. You want me to still defend my anointing to you. Like I should stand here and still defend that. Oh, I have a a Kadogo. Mafuta. Eh? I'm not going to prove anything to you. If that makes me a pastor whose church you should not be in, Francis Asante Mungu, it's very okay. You know, one day I was preaching, you see, if you don't believe I'm a prophet, one day I was preaching here, and I'm going to use uh, Okwemba as an example. That day I was preaching about People with, with, with. This is the first time I'm seeing the, the shape of his head, and I like it. <laughs> so this week I was just thinking about him. So I said, I remember the Holy Spirit brought it to my notes. I remember I was teaching. He was here in this church, and I was talking about young men who had those hairs and all. And I was saying that there are certain places nobody will employ you to work. I don't know if he remembers. He was in church that day. That day was looking at me because he was the leader of the pack. <laughs> Maybe you have even forgotten the teaching, but I remember. I was teaching about it. I said, you see, the, the truth of the matter is you can't get access to certain places looking a certain way. That he was not happy with me at all if you will be very honest he was you see don't be attached to certain things until the other day he has to now go and be trained to work I don't know who told him to cut it and look like a gentleman but you see that is the requirement and I had taught, if you don't believe, that's prophecy. You are going somewhere and God is telling you, you are not going to go like this. Change is a mass. It's a must. That's all we are talking about. Is it? I didn't have to call him and tell him, what? Uh, uh, <laughs> like I don't have to now call him I said come here then I tell him I see demons in your hair can I do it I can do it 
and shave it off and your breakthrough will come. I can't do it. What will I do to make him believe what I'm saying? I'll give him a prophetic word he knows is true. But because it was teaching that day, hey, I'm a jam. I don't know if he remembers that day. He was the leader of the pack. And there were other young. Do you understand? But wherever God is placing him now, is whether he remembered it or not, the truth is that whoever will place you there will tell you what I told you that you never valued. But you want me to say, before you believe that I'm anointed, good job. Toka, 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 fire, fire. Then, oh, he's anointed. I'm a two-one anani. Then I have to ask the demon, what did you destroy in his life? Then the demon so I used three of his hair. hair, hair. And I put it, and that day, you see the, the Louis Levy said, today the service was powerful. <laughs> today he even, he even named the one of his hair has a name. Like one of the hair, I, I, I just, this hair has a name. Then I'll mention a name of somebody in his family. And he knows that, yeah, that's my, my uncle. <laughs> what I'm telling you is that none of those people are any gifted. You, you want prophecy? Because, listen, I, I didn't wake up today and I said, I'll prophesy. I labored for many years when I got saved, being on the mountain, being in the forest, praying, praying, asking God for a gift. I got gifted by praying, praying for a gift. So where, where, where the direction of prophecy will go, you just see that hey, the, oh, he has even named the hair. I tell him you have been carrying your uncle on your head. Huh? When I finish, then I ask for offerings. Yeah? Do you know how powerful it is after giving prophecy that you ask for offering? Now when I raise offering, you don't come because I have not named the hair on top of your head. Yeah. Or the uncle that is the name of the hair. I have not... So, I mean, why should you stand up and come and give 5,000? But if I were naming and, you know, all this, you see, yeah. Anointing, Koapa. Saying they have had visions about these things. 
So that day, this week, the Holy Spirit was just playing back that, because I remember Okwemba, that day he was seated and he was, he was not having any of my teachings at all. Yes, he was blocking the teaching. You know, but then, like me, as typical, I went on. I was, I was deeper. I was going. I was, I was saying it. It's in certain places. Some of you, like in your entire life, you have never worn a material trousers. You, you, you said you, you, ever since you were born, you have been wearing jeans. I don't, you don't remember the teaching that is it? Too many teachings, yes. Yes. You will have to change. You have to learn to wear trousers. You've never wore belt. He said, ah, now here we do die. Belt. No. Mm. Then they tell you that this office, you have to dress formally. Now you have to choose. Will you choose your matuta? Over a salary of 100,000, over a salary of 70,000, then you saw uh, me, I'm in love with jeans. I was, my mother said that when I even came out, I was wearing jeans. What is more powerful than this? To see, when he was testifying, come, when he was testifying, this is what we are about. A young man leaves his father's house in Migori and comes to a city that is swallowing everybody. This is what God requires of us. You see, all those other things are what the Bible calls chaff to the wheat. I can organize a prophetic Sunday to next Sunday if you like. But that is a chaff. The reality is a young man without a father in a city. In a city that is even swallowing grown-ups. A man leaves his country. Correct. He's, he's even in a singing band in his country. He, he sings in a singing band. Or he even plays the drum in church. Leaves his country. Comes here. And he's now. His, 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 his quest for sex is insatiable. We're talking about a city that swallows even grown-ups. Not to talk about a young man whose waist is hardened like cassava and has enough sperm to spare. What matters that I, I come here every Sunday entertaining people and he's not transformed so that he's here and the same semester he's here. I sent out a messenger. I said, go and tell this young man I've not met that God desires him and God loves him. And the messenger, because she was correct at that time, also goes and tells the young man that God loves you and desires to have you. And then she brought him to me in the church. And he accepts the teachings in the church. And then, few years, two, three years, three years to say, he's going to graduate with a second class upper. 
And he's not, he's not addicted to bangi. Even if he likes girls, he's not addicted to them. What, what is more powerful than this? You, you mean his prophecy? So if you scorn what this church is about, this is not the church for you. Because this church is about real, trans- we are about transformation. You see, that you are seated here not transforming doesn't mean that we are not working or that God is not working or that this, listen, we, this church needs some examples. So, his father, has your father been here in the last three years since you started school here? But wherever the father is, he can have peace of mind. My son is safe and he's keeping out of trouble. If he, when he graduates, not if, when, when he graduates, the sky is even not his limit. Do you understand? And see, God must have brought him to a city like this with a higher purpose than just prophecy or this is the transformation pastors should be obsessed about. So now when I ask for fruit from my son, then this young man is going to say, oh, please, sipangwingwing. Apostle Tafadali, Mimi, sipangwingwing. Because in the three years, he's received nurturing as a son. So we're not talking, listen, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. And when he also came, he had the Okwemba So now we are going to call it Okwemba. (laughs) And I think you you must have been in the church when I was preaching that message. Yes. I I think I can even, if if I sit down a little, I can remember exactly where Okwemba was sitting. If not where Purity was sitting, then around here. If I remember that Sunday, I was teaching. Yes. Do you understand? Yeah. But that's the reality. I'm not saying that, oh, this young man is the embodiment of perfection. If he's the embodiment of perfection, why is he not still working in my office? <laughs> so don't, don't, don't mistake what I'm teaching. It's not the embodiment. But what I'm saying is that it will work for you with or without even prophecy if you follow the teachings of the word of God. Hmm? Prophecy is God's word and God's word is prophecy that I can take his word and point you in a direction. Let's admit it. You can sit down. 
The reason you don't, you dislike me, even though I'm your, I mean, you are wonderful. Like, you dislike your pastor. It's not because many of you, it's not because I've not stolen your money. Some of you, even if I try to steal, there's nothing to steal. Maybe I have to kidnap you. Then, uh, yeah, I've stolen from you now. Yeah. It's not because I've taken anything from you. Because some of you despise the truth and our insistence as pastors that you do the right thing. You, you hate it. So at that time, I don't know if it's okay to come. At that time, he was like, mm, it doesn't have to. You see? But today, he can appreciate that. Apostle said this some time ago. Yeah, there are places I can't go like this. Yeah. And today he will, he will say, oh, you know, that's the truth. And then when, if he leaves where he is, to go back and sit under a tree, then you say, oh, I've missed my old Okwemba. But as long as he's on the journey God has put him on, he has to keep it a certain way. And you see, you cannot negotiate it. Yes. They come to the office, then you, you, you look like a dragon. <laughs> then they ask you because, oh, you say, my, my, my brother is the governor. Even if your brother is the governor, it is an affront to him that he has put a dragon in the office. And no pastor teaches what I'm teaching. So to try to make what I'm teaching look like, oh, I don't have revelations. Do you want me to go into revelations? When I go into revelations right now, we'll finish and you don't know what I, I taught. When they ask you, so apostle was very powerful today. What was he teaching? Hey, the teacher was powerful. <laughs> Can you share with us what he said? Oh, those were powerful things. You needed to hear it for yourself. <laughs> so this week, I was just in my company, and the Holy Spirit was, it brought him to my mind and said, you know, I was processing some things and then I remembered him and then the Holy Spirit said, yeah, that's a mark. Like that's a, a sign. That's a mark. Yes. And then today too, he's giving another sign in his testimony. Do, do you understand? Yeah. I've never met his father. I've never met his father. But you see, I have looked after him like he were my own son. Yes. And the same goes for all of you. Yeah. Some of you have not, have not met your fathers. You are not even intending for me to meet them. But if I have not like very close through my teachings... I have fathered you and treated and spoken to you. Everything I would want my son to know, I teach you here. 
how to, to treat ladies. The right way to honor a woman. I've, I teach you. You see, those are the things I would want my son to know. I teach you. Thank you, Okoyama. I think he has remembered today. He, he owes me a piece of cake. And then as people are coming to the realization that there is only one way, others are becoming worse. <laughs> Did you understand? Yes. As long as you remain a child, you will not be different from the slave. Their sinful minds have made them proud. This is where your pride comes from, from your sinful mind. Verse 19. And they are not connected to Christ. They are not See, you don't want to say it. They are not the head of the body. For he holds the whole body together with its joints and ligaments. And it grows as God nourishes it. So, beloved, listen carefully. There is a process to sonship. And that's why we are. Until when a demand is made of you. You see, like, who can, like any of you here, whose father has educated you, your father have, has educated you, taking you through school and all, and I've taught this before. You cannot say, that you don't owe your father anything. You can't. Why or how are you where you are today? Are you aware that your father could equally have bought that Congolese shoe? You know, sharpshooter, Congoli shoe, you know, and, and, and wear a shiny suit and have three girls following him. Then he decides, I'll use that money to pay your school fees. Then on the day he comes looking for fruit, you have the effrontery to tell your father that I don't owe you anything. Till my children die, they owe me. Oh yeah. Back to Galatians. Jump here. They, they've gotten a point. If we change the church to Thursday, leave the church and go to Sunday church because you are religious. Hey. You are trying to end favor. Okay, move verse 11. I fear for you. Hmm. It's about to go down. Some of you 
I fear for you. As the race is, I mean, this is a, a country where people run. You see that as the race is on, eh, there's this picture I, uh, I saw and it speaks volume. One of your, was it your, yeah, it should be a Kenyan runner, you know. They've, I, I don't know how long they, the distance they run. But when they finished, the guy was standing and all the white guys were on the floor. Only the Kenyan guy. Is it Mo Farah? Was it Mo? One of your runners. Was that Wanyonyi? He was still walking and all the white dudes, their legs have given way. <laughs> you know African power is here now. Yeah, he's still standing and he's and then the guys are like they are finished. Even if they want anything, I don't know what it will take to lift them up to come and stand. But the guy was standing like he's just about starting. Is <laughs> Wanyoni. Okay. <laughs> As the race is on, you see others falling on the side. Others falling on the way. And the truth is that some of you seated here, we fear for you. When you now eat football, drink football, speak football, we fear for you. When you now eat politics, talk politics, speak politics, we fear for you. Perhaps all my hard work with you was for nothing. Some of you seated here, I look at you and I look at the years I have spent just to shape you. And all my hard work with you was for nothing. See, he cannot say that. Hey, who are you to tell me what I can say and not say? Try spending 15 years on one person. Try, you try, you want to talk? Try spending 15 years as I speak. All the hard work. There were people, some of you who are church members, don't be offended. You will close, you go. Go home. Come back next Sunday. Hard work, you will leave church. Some of you will leave church 12.30 and then we'll be standing here until 10 p.m. Until 12 p.m. 12 noon, uh, 12 midnight, teaching, shaping, hard work. And then after the years, you're looking at thorns and thistles. Now the hard, the people you have spent, expended your hard work on are the thorns and the thistles that are threatening your life. Paul said it. I fear for you. Perhaps all my hard work with you was for nothing. Today, if I even look among so-called former shepherds and I'm looking for somebody who at least a little teaching had entered them so that they are even living up to the teaching. Oh, 
he says, I'm not even a shepherd. But I, you see, the thing is so woven into me that this is who I am. Some of you, by stepping down, you lost your identity. You lost your focus. You lost who you are. Today, many of you are backslidden and seated here. Meanwhile, he's, oh, he's not powerful. Church is quiet. If I was planting avocados on a five-acre farm, although will I not be rich by now? Fifteen years. Last week they exported the first avocado to India. My own will be part of that first batch. They they ask me, "What do you do?" I'm importer, exporter, avocado, India. But God didn't call me to import or export avocado. I should be exporting missionaries. And I cannot, for the life of me, locate one. I said, if I, was, if I came to do avocado farm last week, the first batch of avocados from Kenya to India left, left it. It should be reaching anytime soon. 15 years, I've grown avocado trees. How many years does it take? Pastor, do come here. Uh-huh. Pastor, do come here and tell us how many years for avocado to be ready. You are from Sagana. Come here. How many years? Avocado. Three years. Me- meaning that I'll, I'll even be the leading exporter to India. Three years for an avocado tree to be ready. Which means that 2010, 2011, 2012, I have started reaping, harvesting avocados. If it's not going to... America is going to Italy. If it's not going wherever it is. By now, I have moved from just plucking avocados to now making avocado oil. (laughs) Who is that? Who is he? What's his name? You don't know. This is the picture I'm talking about. You don't know him. (laughs) It must be a keep. (laughs) Look at all these guys. They they have have been dying. (laughs) But the guy, he's about to go for another round. The question you have to ask yourself is, at the end of the day, who would you be? This guy standing? Kiplimo. It was a keep. You have to ask yourself, at the end of the day, will I be that guy standing? Or will I be those guys that are collapsed down there? That's, how you, that's the Christian faith. Yes, that's why Paul said, having done all, Stand. 
have, this is a true representation of that scripture. Having done all, you must make sure you are standing, not you have fallen. You are standing, having done all, stand. Then Paul will say, no, no, no. I fear for you. After much teaching, I fear for you. Back to my scripture. Perhaps all my hard work with you was for nothing. Verse 12. Dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to live as I do in freedom from these things. For I have become like you Gentiles, free from those laws. You did not mistreat me when I first preached to you. Some of you, you did not mistreat. Treat me when I first preach to you. Many people will not mistreat you when you first preach to them. I'm going to say something to you. But the moment they do something wrong and now you preach it, then you see that now your mistreatment is coming. You have preached to everybody. Now you are bringing it to me. That's why sometimes there are seasons, the people who like your message, they are happy. Then there are seasons, the people who hate your message. You see, if thou doest well, will thou not be accepted? That's when you sit in church and you frown. It's a sign that you are doing something. The preacher is not your problem. The pastor is not your problem. You are involved in something that you know is not right. Imagine we have to, we have to, like, be happy because you smile when we teach. Me, your enemy. I'm your enemy because, young man, I'm telling you that you cannot be destroying your kidney. By drinking me, I'm your enemy. I'm your enemy because we are telling you in this church that marry the right way. We are your enemy today because somebody is insisting. Listen, there are many churches. There are many churches. And you'll be surprised to know that nobody cares a hoot what even the people do in the church. As long as they come back every Sunday, they give their offerings and they give their tithe. Maybe you want us to be that kind of a church. Maybe you want us to be, because the truth of the matter is, you can be in the church and perish in the church. I think it should be here. Paul says, I'm now your enemy because I tell you. In fact, go, go quickly. I, I, can't, I can't wait to get there. Give me verse 13. Quick, 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 quick. Surely you remember that I was sick when I first brought you the good news. So Paul was even sick. Hey. 14. But even though my condition tempted you to reject me, you did not despise me or turn me away. 
No, you took me in and cared for me as though I were an angel from God or even Christ Jesus himself. There are some people here, there was a time I was like an angel to them. Or like even Christ Jesus himself. What has changed? For 15. Where is that joyful and grateful spirit? You used to have it. Uh-huh. Where? Where is that joyful and grateful spirit you felt then? Some of you, you were grateful that you had a pastor like me in your life. Today, when you look around the church, you see people trying to make the church look like we are a bunch of fanatics. Why are we insisting always on this or that? There was a time you had a joyful and you had a grateful spirit. You are preaching to me. Talk to me, pastor. You came for me today. That is my message. God sent you to Kenya for me. You're blessing me. You're blessing my soul. My personal pastor. My prophet. My PP personal person. Where? Is that joyful and great? That is what the shepherds lost. That joyful and grateful spirit that me, who came from the, the, the sewage, I've been chosen to preach Christ. Today, apostle has put me in charge of a center. I have 20 people I teach. They were joyful. They were grateful until they got visited by Satan. And then they realized that, oh, it's nothing after all. They had a joyful and a grateful spirit. Some of you, my only offense is, as a senior pastor of the church, I disciplined somebody you loved. Now I'm your forever enemy. You smile all right, but in your heart, I am an enemy. That you are even around here, you ask yourself, what am I doing around here? There was a sister, I used to touch everybody. When I touch everybody, she would say, pee-pee. Hashtag, personal person. She, was, she has no problem. If hey, I could touch Benson, I can touch anybody, I can touch. Hey. The one day I touch one person she loves. When I touch her baby... When I touch her baby, I saw another side to this person. Some of you today, you hate me. Would you stay in a house with your father and your father disciplines your younger brother? Then you hate your father because he disciplined your younger brother. 
So today, I'm your enemy because I discipline somebody you love. Even if the person is your husband, you need to be thankful that, hey, God has given me somebody who is telling my husband the truth. But I know what you think. Blood is thicker than water. Well, <laughs> well apostle, when I talk, I'm happy. You need brother Yango. Blood is thicker than water. Yeah? But you see, doctrine is thicker than blood. Yes. There are people who dislike me because I discipline someone, they, they laugh. You're a joke. Yeah? No. One day you have children. Let me pray a prayer for you. Yeah, you're going to discipline your, your daughter. And your son is going to hate you for beating the sister. And from that day, your son will never love you. Hannah, let's do, let's do the prayers. From that day, your son will see you as an enemy. Oh, let's pray the prayers. Or would you rather you discipline your son? And your daughter learned from it. My son has, um, I don't, an anointing to avoid physical discipline. My daughter doesn't have that anointing. Yes. My son, when he's in trouble, knows how to conduct himself, not to stretch. Do, do you understand? Like, it won't get there. My daughter, it just happens to her like this. And the times it has happened, and I had to discipline my daughter, my son is there. I want to discipline my, the sister. He will try. I say, excuse me. You can't touch my, hey. I just felt an Andre running, running through my, yeah. <laughs> that day he better, he better, he better have prayed that like, I have my, this problem now. I have that problem at that time. It's the only way he will get away from it. Yes. Otherwise, I have to teach him. I'll knock some of his teeth out. Yes, like I'll literally knock off some of his teeth out. Yes. Are you afraid? Relax. You can't interfere in the discipline of my daughter. I gave birth to you. I gave birth to her. Many of you here, I gave birth to all of you. I will show you how I gave birth to you. Then now you see two brothers, two sisters conniving against their father just because you spilled Nasiae. Or con, 
don't, it's not correct, but it's fine. Conniving today, when father comes, this is what we shall do to him. Eh? No greetings for him. Eh? If he asks for food, we'll say, no smiles for him. Eh? We only cook Indomie for him. Yeah? Until he learns to, uh, until he learns to, to appreciate us. Appreciate our presence. Right? So, where over time, some of you are here and is, is like you're on autopilot. You will come here. But to have that joyful and grateful spirit, you no longer have it. Some of you were grateful that you were picked up from fornication. Oh, you were grateful. Today is not part of your testimonies. It's not. It's no longer part. That gratefulness that you are saved. That gratefulness that now I am in church. Some of you, you have lost that joyful and grateful spirit. Paul says, I am sure you would have taken out your own eyes and given them to me if it had been possible. There were times if I had asked you for your eyes, you would have taken it out and given it to me. True. Yes. <laughs> there was a time if anybody wanted to, you would take a bullet for me. Right now you are asking them to shoot me. Yes. There was a time you had that joyful and grateful spirit. You see, let me say something to you. There's something called sweet atmosphere. If you have it and it changes, you may, you may downplay it. But atmospheres are controlled by two entities. Like if your spirit is sweet, right? Or your spirit is bitter. It's not like something to toy with. If you used to have that sweet fragrance, it was symbolic of the presence of the Holy Spirit flowing in your life. And then when you become moody also, you know that the other spirit has taken control of your atmosphere. You have got to know what atmosphere you are walking in. In one instance, Cain had the devil lurking by the door, attempting to sneak in. He didn't have that atmosphere before. He didn't have it before. So when the atmosphere in your life changes, is it instead of blaming somebody, oh, he did it. Look around you. You see that there is an invisible presence you are not aware of. You have never sat in church and frowned at the preacher. Now you do. And you think your face belongs to you. Someone is using your face. Someone is using your face. 
You have never sat in church and intimidated a pastor with your face. But today you are doing it. Somebody has taken charge of your face. You used to be the preacher's encouragement. <laughs> you used to be the preacher's encouragement. Until somebody took your mouth. And the person is in charge of your mouth now. Sixteen. Have I now become your enemy? Because I'm telling you the truth. Young man. I'm now your enemy because I'm telling you that you cannot be sleeping with the girls in the church. That's what has made me your enemy. That's what has made me. I thought I stole your money. Buddha, I thought I, I, thought I stole your visa. But I thought you came with a diamond chain and I was praying for you and then the diamond chain found itself into my... Buddha, I thought that's why you are angry. Buddha, you're angry because I'm telling you the rate at which you're going, you're going to get gonorrhea, incurable gonorrhea. That is what has made you dislike the teachings in the church. Ah. You know, forget gonorrhea, forget syphilis. Some of you, 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 ne- you never catch gonorrhea, you never catch syphilis, you never catch anything, but you catch poverty. What's giving you the confidence? You, you who has gone to prostitute line, you've done it free without co- robber. Is you that the pastor is now telling you super gonorrhea, super, super guinea? You see, you may not catch gonorrhea, you may not catch syphilis, you may not catch CG, what, what, but you may catch something that is spiritual. That, that's why I'm your enemy. <laughs> Have I now become your enemy? Because I'm telling you the truth. You know, some of you sisters in this church, shame on you. Yes, and I say it and I'll say it and I'm not afraid of it. Please, it's not now you're going to dislike me. You've always disliked me. Shame on you. You see, Adam lacked certain things before God put Eve in his life. The presence of a correct woman in your life is supposed to bring a certain sanity, orderliness. This, some of these brothers in this church should be better brothers because my daughters are in their lives. No, they become worse off. Because the only thing you'd like is to open Jerusalem for them. So, you have no positive influence on the young men. 
Do you know what a woman's presence in a man's life means in his life? I say to to your shame. And let me say something to all of you here. Yeah. And after today, I can even change the message of the church. I'll preach about prosperity. In fact, next week I'll start a prosperity series. You see, what you don't know is that you're asking God to bless you, but you don't want to obey God. And you're thinking simply because a prophet pours one gallon of oil on you, it will take the place of you obeying God. It will not. It will not. How will God hear my prayer except I have a connection to him? Any one of you that somebody enters your life and you allow them to lead you astray, hear this, hear this. One day, the same people will tell you you should have known better. Because the fact is, the truth is known to me and the truth is known to you. I always tell all of you, young ladies, choose your head wisely. Some of you sit in this church and the pastors are your enemies. Unless you don't see a pastor coming as you're talking to a girl. Say, oh, help me, Lisa is coming again. You tell this girl. Anachoma. Anachoma. Imagine how wonderful it will be that I can pick your hand and then I tell Mandela, marry this daughter of mine. Imagine how wonderful, because I know that you are safe with him. Or I tell you, marry this my son because I know that there are some of you, even if you stay in the church, you're suspect. If I want to tell you how many sons I've lost to pretentious daughters and how many daughters I've lost to pretentious sons. Benson drinks beer. He's in my church. You want to marry him. If I tell you, you cannot marry Benson, he drinks too much beer. Right? Let's wait until the the drums of beer dries. I'm your enemy. Do you know how he gets after he drinks beer? I'm your enemy. 
No, how is the doctor your enemy? Because he has a needle. No, how is the doctor your, I'm trying to understand you. Sister, I'm trying to understand. How is the doctor your enemy? Because he has a needle. Isn't the needle your salvation? That is your salvation. He's not an enemy. I am not your enemy because I come with uh, Galatians chapter 4 verse. How am I your enemy? Because I have given a scripture you don't like. Ben, Ben Singh will say, hmm, Apostle, he, you see, that I've told her he has 20 gallons of beer in his stomach. Doesn't mean I hate him. Yeah. I mean, is the beer in my stomach or his stomach? Stomach. But what am I trying to do? I'm also trying to help him as much as I'm trying to help you. This my son loves gambling. Bet. And I work a layer. Right? Do you know what it takes? Do you know what it means as a woman to be married to a young man who is addicted to gambling? So what am I trying to do? I'm trying to cure him for you. So if you see me as the enemy, then you're going to say, oh, take your gambling, I'll take my beer, Charlie. Some of you, if you stop gambling, you'll be prosperous. I said, some of you, if you stop gambling, you will become prosperous. You will see your prosperity, you will see your money. But I know you don't believe me. I'm not, I mean, I'm not naming the hair on your head. Some of you, your last 50 shillings to eat, you use it to gamble. So, young lady, this is a guy, whilst he's single... He will use his last 50 shillings to gamble. And the pastor is teaching against it and you are getting angry on his behalf. Don't worry, Mariam. When they use your rent to gamble... No, since you are getting angry on his behalf, don't worry... Yes. Yes. Don't worry. When he uses the children's school fees to do beer party, don't worry. Anyone your enemy here? Nobody is your enemy. So, if as I'm teaching, You should encourage Mandela. Be cured. Be cured. Be cured. 
be cured. Then you also are encouraging yourself. Let me be cured. Let me be cured. Two cured people, when you put them together, is a blessing. Yes, now. Those of you when they close chair, they tell you, don't mind what apostle. In fact, you should come and tell me that. He says, I shouldn't mind you. Then I strengthen the teaching even the more. Are you aware that as I'm teaching you and there is the washing of the water by regeneration going on, that somebody is screaming, talk up, talk since morning, Sunday, the Holy Spirit has come to make somebody. Hmm. I know you don't understand what I just said. The next deliverance service I will do, some of you, I'll slap you in the deliverance. <laughs> You want to see my footer? Utaona. Any day I do deliverance, there are some people I will slap them. <laughs> some people I will kick them. Yes. And it will be all part of the deliverance. You want to see my footer? You see my footer? In fact, let me do a deliverance service at the end of this service. Yes. Are you here? Anybody who tells you the truth loves you. I know you've been made not to believe that, but that's the truth. If I'm driving, I'm driving, and then you shout, you know, one day when the um, Westgate attack took place, that morning, around nine, I used to shave on Saturdays, every Saturday. So I was at Westlands um, Shell at 9 a.m. And I was looking for a charger to buy. So the loop boy there's KFC. I was looking for a charger and I was told to go there. So the guy told me, now nah, you can get it. I should go down to Westgate. Then I just said, ah. I don't even need a charger. Let me, let me, let me. Let me. Careful. So I just said, let me 
Let me look for the charger at another time. Right? Then I turned from going to get the charger back to heading towards the house. When I reached Chiromo, one of my members called me who is no longer in the church. Um, the man that I trusted, she called me. Say, Apostle, where are you? I said, I'm at Chiromo going home. Then he says, don't go down to Westgate. There is I'm robbery going on there or something because nobody knew what exactly was happening till much later. So she warned me and said, don't go there. I appreciated that call because even if I had changed my mind to go and get a charger, my life was in danger. Who would you want? Somebody that warns you of danger ahead or somebody that keeps quiet for danger to creep on you. A lot of us prefer the latter. Yes. And when somebody is calling you and telling you, careful, ah, these people are too much. Ah, the pastors are too much. And then at that time, if we had shepherds, ah, the shepherds are too much. Until the day there is nobody that warns you of the danger ahead. And that's how the Holy Spirit behaves. He talks to you. You don't listen. He talks to you. You don't listen. He talks to you. He, he warns you. And then after a while, you no longer will hear him. He's quiet. Give me verse 17. Those false teachers are so eager to win your favor, but their intentions are not good. They are trying to shut you off from me so that you will pay attention only to them. Careful. It's all in, it's, it's all in the Bible. Some of you hear me. Today you can appear in certain churches and they will treat you with respect. If you went to those churches, how you came to this church, nobody will even give you a seat. Hmm. I think that one hits badly. It hits some spots badly. Today, some people, when they want to punish me, they carry my church members to where they go. Yes. One woman carried a bus load of my church members. You see, and if that person went to that place, the way they came to this church, the pastor wouldn't even make them an usher. There are people I spent years training. Today, there are other pastors, helpers. And even to so much as say, oh, this is the person who did the, you see, 
the level I brought certain people, I may not have called them Pastor Amos, but wherever they stand, they are even more than pastors. It's like being trained in Afghanistan and then being trained in um, Nyahururu. No, no, Nyanyuki. There's a difference. Being trained in Afghanistan and then being trained in Nyanyuki. There's a difference. The guy trained in Afghanistan doesn't even need a title, but what he will do, you will say, ah, this one is... There were people when they heard how I was training my shepherds, they are like, I... Even as a shepherd, you pray. Pastors who can't pray two hours, they have big titles. I had shepherds who could pray for hours. So you see, I, I didn't have to put a title on you, but the training is enough because you are not defined by your title. You are defined by your function. Some of you, small training I gave you. Today, anywhere you go, you look like superheroes. And that's the training to despise. That's not the training. That's the training to appreciate. That's the training to value. Before you met this commission, when did you pray for 30 minutes nonstop? Stand up and be counted. I took all my years and put it in teaching you how to pray for 10 hours, teaching you to pray for 3 hours. There are people I made them pray for 12 hours. I saw one pastor, they were celebrating that they were praying for 10 hours. I'm like... You see... There is always a disappointment when you were on your way to become a major general in the army and you failed as sergeant. If the government doesn't do something, that failed sergeant will become an arm robber. <laughs> you, don't, you don't understand. Do you understand what I'm saying? You are on your way to becoming a, a an army general. You understand? Then when you reach corporal or staff sergeant, you failed. Then you were discharged. Do you understand? If you are not helped, eh, you will now take the gun and become a terrorist. So some of you, you don't surprise me. I'm preaching to terrorists. I'm future army generals that failed as sergeant and they are around me, they are smiling when they say, but I know you are a terrorist. Uh, You don't understand what I'm saying. Are you aware that some failed policemen are always behind robberies? Yes. The guy did something and he was discharged from the army. 
In his life, he has nowhere to go now. Don't this one that somebody says, oh, my shepherd has returned to school. You know, my shepherd has returned to school. That, that is a terrorist that has found another purpose. But left alone and just waiting in Buruburu, soon they now start thinking, how do I use my training to eat? Uh-huh. Then you now see a former soldier. Yes. <laughs> so some people on their way to becoming army generals because they failed. I know what I'm talking about. If they are not helped, what they become is what I'm telling you. When I see someone who couldn't survive my training to become a pastor, is now pastoring others. What do you think I feel for the people? My apprentice... Francis, your apprentice who dropped out year two has now opened a shop. What will you think of the people who bring car to that guy? And then you two, you can't go and say, oh, he, he, he never finished training, no. They'll say, oh, he's bitter. So what do you do? You wait till people take their Mercedes Benz, they, he spoils it, and he does what? Yeah. I don't know if I'm... My electrician... Apprentice, year one, dropped out. He has now opened a shop two kilometers away from my shop. You think I have the time to go around? Hello, Landy Mawe, don't take your radio, don't take your TV. That guy, he didn't finish. I don't have the time. Everybody would taste what it feels like to have a guy who hasn't finished training piloting the plane. Imagine I'm training Eric to fly plane. He, he no finish. Your training is too some way. Every day you say, the simulation says, all this simulation thing. I just know, I know how to get the plane off the ground and I'll move it. The next, I see that somebody has put a plane in his hands. He's flying people from here to Mombasa. I'm the one supposed to go and stand there and say, those of you entering the plane, beware. The much I can do is if he opens his mouth and says, Apostle trained me to fly. I say, hey, I didn't train you. You didn't finish. You dropped out. So there are some people who will become casualties of unfinished products. Do you understand? They will become what? Casualties of unfinished products. Today, there are some pastors, the people who are in their church are suffering as victims because the person 
is an unfinished product. He has loaded people. He's taking them to Mombasa. He only did six months training. Short course. And then you are seeing everybody happily entering his plane. What goes on in your mind? You know that there is an uncertain death waiting for them. Six months trained pilot is flying them. I have done this ministry for 20 something years. There must be something I know. How old are you? 22. Hmm. 22. 22. 22. 22. If I've not preached at all, at all, at all, at all, 28 years I've been preaching. If I've not preached at all, at all, at all, And somebody seated here is 29 years old. Don't be proud. It means that when I started preaching, you were barely walking. There must be something that has kept a man like me consistent in God's service. You, when you see yourself, you, you just return from your drinking holiday. You just returned from something you ran away from for one year. So someone who is preaching for two, is not the teaching. Tw- this one, the parents hadn't even met. Or even if they met, they were about to stop giving birth before she came. You understand? So, when I'm teaching, somebody like this cannot despise the teaching. Huh? And think, if I shake this girl with her shining suit, <laughs> I cannot steal anything from her. And I can say what I'm, I feel. I can say the same for my pastors. I can say it for them. They feel the same. Huh? I'm your enemy because I want her to have a man who says, this is my wife. An apostle, we are pregnant, six months. You, when you are pregnant, you say, I am pregnant. When married people are pregnant, they say, we are pregnant. <laughs> There's a difference. How can she hate me because that's what I want? That's witchcraft. How can you, the church, dislike this church because that is the foundation we want this church to rest on? 
can't think far. I don't think madness. She's hating me. The devil is real. In Africa, people love politicians and hate pastors. When in essence, they should hate politicians and love pastors. Why are you saying that? Why are you saying they should hate politicians and love pastors? If you, don't, if you want to know, go to Ghana. Verse 18. If someone is eager to, good, do, to do good things for you, that's all right. But let them do it all the time. Not just when I am with you. You get the point now? Uh huh. Verse 19. Oh, my dear children. Now, this is where the authority to teach you, to instruct you, to counsel you, this is where it comes from. Oh, my dear children, I feel as if I'm going through labor pains for you again. Which means that he went through labor pains before and then they were birthed. And they will continue until Christ is fully developed in your lives. Stop there. So he went through labor pains and he brought them forth. Then as the church is going on, he says, I, I feel like I'm going through labor pains again. And as your pastor, that's how I feel. I feel like some of you, I'm even having to go through labor pains just so that you remain saved. And not distracted by the things that are out there. And Paul was in that exact position. He felt like he's going, because some of you, to get you to become shepherds, I went through labor pains. Today, some of you can get up and choose which Sunday you will come to church and not come to church. Not that you have my problem. You understand? You see a shepherd and you'll be shocked that once upon a time, this one used to preach commitment to people. They have remembered the topic. You'll be surprised. This person used to teach about marital commitment. You can never forget. You can never forget. If I give that scripture in message, let me see what Paul said. Message. 
Who is that? All right, so 19 says, Do you know how I feel right now? And will, and will feel until Christ's life becomes visible in your life? Like a mother in the pain of childbirth. Sometimes that's the pain you see on pastors when their children are not coming forth right. No matter what I do, no matter the labor pain, somebody is going to get up here and go and do the opposite. He says, do you know how I feel right now? And will feel. So pastors, just know that the feeling is for Milele. What feeling? The labor pain feeling until you see Christ visible in people's lives. He says, like a mother in the pain of childbirth. For women, that could be described as one of the most painful things ever. Yeah? <laughs> the pain of a child coming out. Are you listening? Yeah? Back to NLT. And give me finally verse 20. I wish I were with you right now so I could change my tone. But at this distance, I don't know how else to help you. He was away from the church. <laughs> so I can change my tone. Do you get it? Yeah. So I can change my tone. So sometimes you don't like the tone. <laughs> but this distance, I don't know how else to help you. Sometimes when my children annoy me, I realize that I'm limited by distance. I don't know how to help them. And then sometimes I look at the ones that are right with me. When I change my tone just to help them, they don't like the tone. Yeah? Careful. This is part one of my son. Yes. Part one of my son. Next Sunday you see whether truly in the few years you've sat here, in the years you've known me, whether truly I have spoken to you as sons or not. That will settle this message. You will know whether in the five years or in the seven years, have I truly spoken to you what a father should speak to his sons.
you will know. And if I did, then the question to you now is, what did you do with your father's instructions? I think that's deep. And when we're talking about sons, we're not talking about the male gender. All of you. Yeah. We are all the sons of God. The Bible never says sons and daughters of God. Amen. Yeah. So Sunday you will see, did he ever speak to me as a father? Yeah. My son. Did he talk to me as a son? Was I instructed as a son? Did I heed the instructions of a father? Rise up on your feet. Lift your two hands. You will not be ashamed for choosing God. You will never become ashamed for choosing faith. I speak over your life that God will do wonderfully with you. I speak over your life. Blessings will abound over everything you touch. I speak the blessings of Yahweh from above over your destiny. The one that took Joseph from the pit all the way to Egypt to make him a prime minister has picked you from the pit to establish you a great man, to establish you a great woman. The Lord my God will glorify you. He will honor you. Your destiny is in the hands of God Almighty. It will manifest. It will become. It will manifest. It will become. In the mighty name of Jesus. Failure is not your portion. You are a child of Zion. Failure is removed from your life. In the mighty name of Jesus. The Lord God bless you. May he keep you and may he look favorably in your direction all the days of your life. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 We have no doubt that you have received a blessing from the word of God preached by Apostle Raymond Tamaklaw. Do join either of our services at Love Springs International Church Headquarters this and every Sunday at 9 a.m. Connect with Apostle Raymond Tamaklaw on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. God richly bless you and lead you in a series of victories.